Let me tell you a story, podcast number 130. It was the best of times, it was the worst of times. Call me Ishmael. It was the age of wisdom. Some years ago, it was the age of never mind it is a how truth long it was. You don't know about me without you. Welcome to Let Me Tell You a Story with your hosts, Steve and Becky Lyles. Settle back into your seat, step onto your favorite fitness machine, or lace up your walking shoes, and enjoy stories from a variety of genres and authors. Hi, this is Steve. Hi, this is Becky. Welcome to Let Me Tell You a Story. We're glad to be back with you. Way too much time has passed since our last podcast. But here we are at number 130 with Lisa Belts, whose new book addresses a timely topic. Thank you for joining us, Lisa. Good afternoon and good evening, wherever you are in the world. This is Lisa Belts, and I want to thank Becky and Steve for having me here this afternoon. I'll take a minute here to read Lisa's bio. Lisa Belts, an Idaho native, has lived in Boise for most of her life. She spent many years as a programmer slash analyst and then project manager in the corporate world. Her ability to build relationships with people and to help them individually and as a team has served her exceptionally well. She brings that same approach to writing and building relationships with her readers and to those she serves as a life coach. Lisa has been married to her husband, Scott, for 33 years and has three daughters and sons-in-law, plus three grandkids, three dogs, and one cat, all of whom might be a little spoiled even the dogs and cats. Lisa met Jesus when she was nine years old and has spent a lifetime getting to know him and his heart for people. She has experienced marriage, divorce, remarriage, a blended family, the ups and downs of relationships, scarcity, and abundance. She's had tough seasons and times of great blessing. Through it all, God has been her foundation, and she's seen him move in ways that can only be described as supernatural. In her books and in her life, she uses what she's learned to help those she touches with her faith. We asked Lisa to join us on Let Me Tell You a Story to talk about her recently released book titled Becoming Unshakable in a World That is Shaking. Wow, what an appropriate subject for our times. Just when we think the chaos around us is settling, something else crazy happens. I'll let Steve ask the first question. Interesting topic, Lisa. What is your premise for becoming unshakable? And a second question, what prompted you to write it? Thank you, Steve. That's a great question. Um, So the premise behind the book is we all have ups and downs in life. We all have unexpected events that come into our path. Um, And and I'm going to back up and say the original title for the book that was my working title for a long time was The Journey to Becoming. And I started writing the book in 2007. God gave me the outline for the chapters and I was all gung-ho and ready to get in there and just get it done. And I wrote three chapters and then I hit a wall and absolutely nothing more came. And I tried and tried and struggled and struggled and had my own unshakable moments. And then just very gently, the Lord said, 
you got to go live some more before you can write the rest of it. And so the ensuing years between 2007 and when I really re-engaged in writing it in 2019 were a lot of years and ups and downs. I went through a lot of shaking myself and became the person that I needed to be with the perspective and the life experience that God wanted me to have to finish writing the book. So in 2019, pre-pandemic, I actually pulled the book out and dusted the cover off of it and started looking at it again. And then when the pandemic hit is when he told me to shift the title to Becoming Unshakable. With or without the pandemic, with or without all of the fear that's in our world today, there's just a lot that we're dealing with. Add the pandemic and unemployment and uncertainty on top of it. And a lot of people started turning back to their roots. A lot of people's foundations were crumbling. And that's where God showed me our foundation is what makes all the difference in how successfully we ride out the waves. And you can use a lot of different analogies. You can use a surfing analogy of literally riding the waves. You think about a literal earthquake, it has waves. But when Jesus is your foundation, you become unshakable. And a lot of people grew up going to Sunday school, maybe grew up going to church, had a relationship with God, and then life happened. And through no intention, or sometimes through intention, we drift away from God being much of a priority. And then major events happen. It's a little bit like the old um, comment that they make about there are no atheists in foxholes in, in a war. We come back to going, okay, this is bigger than me. I need something bigger than me. And if your foundation is unshakable, what you're standing on becomes unshakable, and you can grow in that. And the way I have found in my own life to do that is through that maintaining that vertical relationship between me and God. When you've got that solid relationship, it gives you a perspective where you can take in the pandemic and all the other things and not have it completely throw you into a tailspin. Lisa, you created a workbook. Is it necessary to do the workbook along with the book? And just how does it enhance the reading experience? Thanks, Becky. That's a great question. So the book itself is 16 chapters broken into three different sections. And each chapter has journaling prompts called journey milestones. So if all you have is the book, there is an opportunity for inner reflection and inner growth and recording some of your thoughts. I don't recommend getting the workbook without the book. They really are intended to go together, but the workbook takes you deeper into material by chapter, but it is an enhancement to the book. It is not a repeat of the information in the book. And so like the very first exercise in the workbook is called Peace Thieves. 
And the idea is to look at your life and to just do a brain dump of everything that's keeping you awake at night. What's robbing you of your joy? What's robbing you of your peace? And then we're going to take a look at each of those things and decide, is it within my control or is it outside my control? If it's outside your control, you're going to put a line through them. If it's inside your control, you're going to circle them. And then at the end, you're going to take all of the items that you circled And you're going to prioritize those and you're going to pick your top three and you're going to use those top three peace thieves and other exercises in the other chapters of the workbook. So it it is a continuation, if you would, as you go deeper into some of the other exercises. Another really key exercise that's in the workbook is identifying your core values I believe that every one of us is born with intrinsic core values. And when we are living in congruence or alignment with our core values, you feel satisfaction. You are much more uh, joyful. When you are in a job or relationship or a mindset that is not in alignment with how you are intrinsically created, that's where you feel out of sync. You feel like you are not where you belong. And so again, another one of the key exercises is identifying your top five core values. And there's a a three-step process to do that. So those are just a couple examples of where I take the information in the book itself and go deeper through the exercises in the workbook. Great. That sounds really helpful to to work in tandem um, with both of those. Lisa, who is your target audience for this book? My target audience is primarily women. A lot of references in the book are aimed at, you know, moms or wives or women. But I've also had several men that have read the book and really appreciated it. They, it spoke a lot to them. Um, if you go out to Amazon.com and look up Becoming Unshakable, there's actually three five-star reviews by men on my book. Um, so I, it, it cracks me up just a little bit, but the book is really God's truth, and God's truth applies to men and women equally. I know you have a coaching business called Women Empowered for Life, so that really fits with your book that's written for women. Um, But what does a life coach do, and how do you get training for that? Thanks, Becky. That's a great question. So just like in sports, you have a coach that helps you step up your game and is that outside objective observer that can help you make those little corrections or sometimes major corrections to help you be better. So a life coach helps you plan out a goal or the future that you want to create and then acts as a cheerleader or an accountability partner or an objective observer that really keeps you honest. So 
a life coach is most successful with someone who is dissatisfied with where they're at today and wants to create a better future. And that can be something as simple as changing jobs or going from being a stay-at-home mom and going back into the workforce and you need some help with that transition. The opposite of that is someone who's been in the corporate world or worked all their life and is now preparing for retirement. Any kind of major life-changing transition, a life coach is really, really valuable to help those help you through those, those transitions. Again, I've also worked with people to lay out a three and five year plan for they want to move from being um, a manager to being a director or a CEO or running a company. You can use a life coach for weight loss, mindset, uh, abundance, money manifestation, anything where you need an outside perspective and maybe need some accountability. The most powerful tool set that a coach has is really deep, insightful questions. And when a coach asks you a question that you go, huh, I really have to think about that. That's when I know I've done a great job. Your website mentions you're trained in spiritual coaching. What is that? And how were you trained? So there are different types of life coaches. I am trained uh, actually three different ways. I'm trained as a Christian life coach, but I work with people of all faiths or if someone really doesn't have a faith. But my foundation is going to be based on my relationship with God. And as I'm coaching, I will get these nudges that says, ask the person this. And without fail, that is the exact question that my client needs to unlock a mindset or something that they've been struggling with. It's really pretty fascinating to watch. So my first coach training was through the Christian Christian Coach Institute. My second training was through Unstoppable Influence, and I'm trained as a personal empowerment coach. And then the third type of coaching that I do is really a spirit-led coaching session, which is very customized to each individual client. And that client brings me a question where they have something that they would like to inquire of the Lord for, or they are looking for guidance. The Holy Spirit will bring me specific information for that individual person. And what I find is that sometimes God answers the questions directly, but more often than not, He has a bigger picture and a more... He asks different questions. Um, One of the funniest, in in retrospect, situations that I encountered with God personally was I was asking Him for something specifically, and I thought I already knew the answer. And He said, not only don't you know the answer, you don't even know the right questions to ask. And so it's like, okay, well, yes. So I've learned over my lifetime to really listen when the Holy Spirit tells me, 
ask these questions. So spiritual coaching is a little bit different in that it is very custom and very personalized to an individual client. And it is really giving them guidance, divine guidance into a situation or questions that they have in their life. Do you use scripture when you do that type of counseling? Or I guess I should say coaching. Coaching. Yep. So I'm I'm truly, there is a, a distinct difference between counseling and coaching. I'm not a counselor, but I am a coach. And yes, I cannot think of an instance when I've done spiritual coaching where God has not given me at least one, if not multiple scriptures for that specific individual. And how do they respond to that scripture? Every single client that I have done a spiritual coaching session for has been absolutely blown away at the insight that has come. Not only do they generally get their general questions answered, but they get so much more. And the way I do this is you ask me a question I seek God for the answer, and I type it out, and then we do an online session, and I share with you what I received, and a lot of times God will add to it as we're talking, and then I will email you my notes and add to your notes. A lot of times people are taking notes, but then they get so overwhelmed or amazed is maybe a better word at how specific the insight is, they forget to take notes. So I make sure I'm taking notes to share with them. The response has been anything from tears to extreme joy. God brings healing. He brings insight. Again, I go back to my unshakable. He gives you a foundation through these spiritual coaching sessions that is unshakable. Do you have a set format when you're doing the spiritual coaching? That's a really interesting question, Steve. And no, there really is not. Every individual that I do spiritual coaching for is completely unique to that person. Um, I've done any number of these now, and there is no cookie cutter When you come to me as a client, God gives me information that is specific to you and you alone. Um, I have honestly been quite amazed myself at the insight that God has into each one of us. Again, He does not see any of us as a mass of humanity. He sees every single one of us as His daughter or His son that He made. And and if I think of Him as God the Father, as a good father, He's going, I'm so excited. I have these great things for you. I just want to share them with you. And if we will open up and just come and say, God, what do you think about this? Or I need some guidance here. Or... What is the best thing to do? God wants us to have His best. I grew up in a church denomination that was 
not necessarily promoting that concept of God having good things for us. It was a little bit more of the God sitting in heaven with a gavel in His hand waiting to judge us. And through this coaching process and my own personal growth um, in my relationship with God, He's completely shifted that to saying, I made you, I designed you, I am thrilled and delighted in you. It doesn't mean that we don't make mistakes, but He is always willing to pick us up and dust us off and encourage us to grow in relationship with Him. And the best analogy I've ever seen of this is, is when you have a small child that is just learning to walk. When they get up and take those first couple of wobbly steps and fall down, you don't scold them. You, you encourage them. And God as God the Father does that same thing with us. And a lot of times that's what I see through my spiritual coaching is God encouraging us. It's like, go ahead, get up, dust yourself off, take a few more steps. I'm here to catch you. I'm not going to push you down. So, so kind of going back to your question, Steve, there is no set format Every person God sees as an individual and His guidance and what He's going to speak into your life is unique and custom to you. Lisa, you just spoke at a women's conference. At least I think it was a women's conference. Was Becoming Unshakable your topic? And what did you most want attendees to remember when you finished? The event that I was at is associated with an online personal empowerment and personal growth organization called Unstoppable Influence. And Rich and Natasha Hazlitt lived here in Boise for a number of years and actually founded Unstoppable Influence while they lived here. And I've been part of their program for three years. And it was truly an honor for me to be an influencer speaker at our annual summit. And what God gave me to share does tie directly to becoming unshakable. And He gave me six points that were the the bulk of my message. And it is awareness that we are designed from a divine plan. It is acceptance of how God made us to be and who God made us to be. It is embracing the truth of who we are and how we are and knowing that I can work with that. We're we're growing, we're learning, we're becoming. Once you embrace who you are and quit fighting against yourself, you become empowered with confidence And that gives you the confidence to go out and be the person that God designed you and called you to be. The next point is that you have to be present. You have to show up in your own life every day. You can't just let life pass you by and expect to get the results that you want from life. You know, so many of us go, how you doing? Oh, just living the dream. And, and to me, that's just getting by. That's not really living. So being present in your own life. And then the last point is persevering. It is once you find your authentic self and own up to the fact that you have gifts, talents, and abilities, that God created you on purpose for a purpose, 
then you have to step out and persevere to be and become that person. And that's a lot of the same things that I have in my book. It is affirming who you are, who you were designed and meant to be, and standing up and claiming your place in the world so that you are fulfilled and satisfied and you're making a positive impact on those around you. So getting to speak at Unstoppable Influence allowed me to share that message. And that really is a lot of my life message, is that we were designed on purpose for purpose. We are intended to be alive and on this earth at this exact point in time in history. And we're supposed to go do things in in our sphere of influence and make that a positive impact on those around us. As a coach, what would you tell young people? I know when I was in my late teens and early 20s, you were really focused on what is my purpose in life? What is my calling? What am I supposed to be when I grow up? And I'm, you know, just over 60, and I'm still trying to figure out what I want to be when I grow up. But we all have what I'm going to call seasons of life. You don't have necessarily one purpose for the entire spans of your life. When you're a mom, that's a season and a calling. When you're newly married and you're a new wife, that's a season and a calling. Again, I mentioned earlier about your intrinsic core values. I believe as a coach that until you know a little bit more about who you are and how God really designed your individual blueprint it's a little hard to figure out what you're supposed to do in life. That's why my exercises are designed to help people figure out how do I tick. My thought and my belief is God put those things in us. They are not what we do. It's who we are. And once you figure out more about yourself and figure out how you're designed, you're going to move in the direction of your dreams. And I always tell my clients, if there's something in your heart that you're passionate about, you're going to be passionate about your purpose. And again, I know people who have musical ability that are called as musicians, they may not ever be on a world stage, But part of their purpose in life is to make the lives of those around them better through music, whether that's playing an instrument or vocals or being part of a group. Part of their purpose, they may have a day job that pays the bills, but their purpose, their passion is music. It can be the same thing for people that are entrepreneurial. If you have a heart to grow a business and that's in your DNA, if it's just something that you can't get away from, I would encourage a younger person to go for it. I've recently heard about a study that was done by a hospice nurse that spoke to thousands of people on their deathbed. And almost to a person, they did not regret the mistakes they had made in life. Their regrets were the things that they did not attempt or accomplish. So if you're in your younger years, late teens, early 20s, even into your 30s, if you have a passion and a dream, I want to encourage you to go for it. 
If you will open up your heart and your mind, and instead of saying, I can't do that, shift by asking the question, how can I do that? You'll be amazed that your mind will go into problem-solving mode, and you will start thinking of ways to make things happen. We talk about mindset, and that's part of that mindset management. We also have all of these underlying beliefs that came to us primarily as children, and these beliefs are so intrinsic to us, sometimes we're not even aware that they're there. It can be something as simple as, I suck at playing the piano, therefore I'm not good enough, and you don't go after other things. Once you become aware of these underlying mindsets, which again is part of what coaching is designed to help you root out and eradicate, once you identify those beliefs, you can choose, do I want to keep this belief or do I want to let go of it? But until you're aware that it even exists and is there, you really can't do anything about it. And so from my own life, what I have found is things that I have bumped up against my entire life there was an underlying mindset that I had to identify and let go of, and then the path got so much easier ahead of me. So young, younger people, whatever is in your heart, whatever you're passionate about, when you feel those life nudges saying, you really should go do this, I really want to encourage you to go for it. One of my specific examples that I did not do in college, and I regret to this day, is I had a chance to go to the Dominican Republic on a missions trip. And my story that I told myself was, I can't ask my parents for the money. I can't afford it. What if I get sick when I'm that far away from home? It was all of these fear-based excuses or reasons why I couldn't go. I had taken Spanish in high school. I had taken Spanish in college. I really felt that I could probably connect with the people. And I never went. And here I am 40-some years later, and I still regret not having gone on that trip or at least attempted to go on that trip. So I really want to encourage you, don't allow the voices in your head that are telling you can't to hold you back from the things that you really want to go do. That brings two things to mind. I'll see if I can think of both. (laughs) The song Regrets, I've had a few, but then again, too few to mention. At the end, do you think that's ever true? Too few regrets to mention? Hmm... Because everybody goofs. Is it just that they're not willing to admit it? That's a really deep question, Steve. I think everybody gets to the end of their life with some regrets. And whether it's regrets of things that you did do or regrets of things that you didn't do. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I would really rather regret things that I attempted and failed than things I never attempted. So yeah, I think we all get to the end of life and have some type of regret. But mine are going to be regrets of commission, not omission. The other thing is, 
Recently, I heard a man say he didn't know what his purpose was, and he wasn't young anymore, but he hoped that at the end, he had done something for somebody, and if he had, then that would be worth his life. Can you comment on that? When you have lived a life serving others, your reward's going to be great. And whether that serving is simply smiling at somebody that's having a bad day, buying somebody a cup of coffee in the pay it forward at Starbucks, if you have spoken life into someone, if you have gone out of your way to help friends or family or neighbors or strangers, you're going to get to the end of life. And even if you are not world-renowned, that's not what's going to matter. What's going to matter is, were you true to yourself? Did you live authentically? And did you give glory to the one who made you? And so often we think that it has to be through these major acts of accomplishment. But simply by being a mom or being a dad, being a daughter or a son, an aunt or an uncle, and loving the people around you, that simple act of kindness, that simple act of loving your fellow human beings goes a long way in my book to making you feel like you have accomplished and fulfilled your life. One of the other things I talked about in my my talk this last weekend was so often in life we've been told that we have to do and make money and leave a mark to be enough and to feel accomplished. I've reached a point of saying my living my life 100% authentically being true to how I was designed to be. And part of that is really saying, I am talented and gifted in these areas. And it's not bragging. It's not being selfish. It is being honest with you and God that, yeah, God, you gave me the ability to do these things, and I'm going to use them in my life to make the world around me better. Being authentic, living authentically from your heart is going to allow you to get to the end of your life and go, this was a life well lived, and I can rest. Well, good stuff, Lisa. Really uh, encouraging and makes me wonder where we can get your book. Also, how people can contact you. So uh, first, I'll ask you to tell us uh, your website and also your email address. Thank you, Becky. So I know being on a podcast, you can't see my name, but my name is spelled a little bit different. So Lisa is L-Y-S-A. My last name is Belts. B as in boy, E-L-T-Z. So my website is www.lisabelts.com. And I've always described myself as Lisa with a Y instead of an I. And a couple of months ago, I was on a Zoom call and there was a couple of Lisas. And so to differentiate, they would always call me Lisa with a Y. And God told me, yes, you are Lisa with a Y, but it's Lisa with a W-H-Y. 
And so as I'm growing and coming into my purpose, God is showing me more and more of my why. So when you go out to my website, it's lisabeltz.com, L-Y-S-A-B-E-L-T-Z.com. And my email address is Coach Lisa, C-O-A-C-H-L-Y-S-A, Coach Lisa at LisaBelts.com. Good stuff, Lisa. And I think probably everybody's going to want a copy of that book, <laughs> if not the workbook too. So we'll need to know where to find the book. And also we've got where we're working on this little deal to have a giveaway. So we'll let Lisa talk a little bit more about that. So to order my book, you can either go to www.lisabelts.com, and on the main page, there is links to take you directly to Amazon. Or if you go to Amazon, you can certainly search on Becoming Unshakable and look for the coral-covered cover. And the the book and workbook ought to both come up. If it does not, the workbook is called The Companion Workbook. And again, I believe that if you just um, on Amazon do a search on Lisa Belts, L-Y-S-A Belts, uh, both books should come up. And then for the giveaway, Becky, I believe you're going to send out a newsletter and we'll have people respond that have listened to the podcast with what your favorite part of the podcast was. We'll enter the names into a drawing and then Becky and I will coordinate because I will sign the book to whoever wins the contest and we will get that mailed to you. And then also I do want to mention that with Christmas coming up, I am going to be putting the book on sale from November 1st through November 13th. So on Amazon from the November 1st through the 13th, the book will be discounted at 15% off the standard price. So just in time for Christmas. That's great. Uh, you can write me and Steve at story at beckyliles.com if you'd like to enter our contest by mentioning something you liked or everything you liked about the podcast. And then you can also contact Lisa at her email address, coachlisa at lisabelts.com. So we have two things going here. There will be, Lisa will have a sale on her books in early November, and we'll have a drawing that we'll promote both through our emails, but also we can mention that on online on Facebook and other social media. And hopefully one of you will win a free copy of both the book and the workbook. And also you can do some Christmas shopping early and be all done with it. So Lisa, I know you have co-written a book, but this was your first solo book. Do you have any other books in mind? Thank you for asking that question, Becky. So yes, Becoming Unshakable was my first solo published book. And I actually am currently working on a 120-day devotional that right now the working title is Unshakable Devotion. The follow-on book to Becoming Unshakable I have the title for, and that is going to be called Remaining Unshakable. 
My hope for the devotional is to get it done and published in early 2022. And then if all of the creative juices flow the way I would like them to, I will be publishing Remaining Unshakable later in 2022. Perfect. I love those titles. Thank you, Lisa. Wow, that is interesting. And it just seems like everybody could use that book. That's it for now. And thank you for listening. Remember, you too have a story. Be sure to live it to the fullest. Thank you for listening to Let Me Tell You a Story. Please email your comments, suggestions, and submissions to story at beckylyles.com. That's all for now. Tune in next time to enjoy a fresh assortment of stories on Let Me Tell You a Story.